Hey, everyone. Uh, just real fast, want to firstly say thank you for listening to the final episode of our Kingdom Hearts Final Mix discussion. Uh, but I also, real fast, just want to give a quick little disclaimer before we actually start the episode. Uh, there's a portion in the beginning of this podcast where Dash actually uh, unintentionally muted himself uh, for a, yeah, I don't know, a, a fairly long amount of time. <laughs> so I have, just in the editing of this podcast, kind of went ahead and cut out some of those, you know, awkward silences where I, I would have asked him a question and he would have responded to me or if he were to just kind of interject himself into the conversation. Um, and there's silence right there. Just in case you're wondering, like, oh, man, Gavin really likes to uh, really likes to talk and not let Dash talk. I promise you that's not what's happening. <laughs> we did have pretty good conversation. I just went ahead and, I guess, corrected that mistake to some degree. So without further ado, uh, enjoy this final episode. Uh, for all that it's worth, we, we really hope that you enjoy this one. Uh, and yeah, enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the sixth and final episode of Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> How are you doing, Dash? Stuffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're powering through it. This is the final episode of our, of our talk, our, our little discussion, your very first playthrough of Kingdom Hearts 1. All, all spoilers for this game are off the table. Yeah, at least for this one. Yeah. Don't talk about the other ones, though. Not yet. Yeah. there's There might be some stuff in this game that you might still have questions of that I that I can't really say anything about because they're not explained in this game in particular. But as far as Kingdom Hearts Final Mix goes proper, I mean, bro, you did it. I, I did, and I felt... Yeah. Not very accomplished because I did none of the other extra <laughs> stuff. I did none oh, yeah. of the other extra stuff. That's okay. That's okay, Dash. We're going to talk <laughs> about some of that extra stuff today. Yay. But, um, yeah, as, you know, as per usual, we're going to kind of go through everything uh, up through the end of the game. So hopefully if you're listening to this and, you know, you haven't played Kingdom Hearts 1 before, uh, hopefully now by this point, if you're listening to this podcast, you've now finished the game. Because now we are going to be talking from where we left off last time all the way to, uh, you know, the credits. <laughs> so yeah. here it's, we go. It's going to be a big beefy one right now. So last time we were in Travers Town, we talked to Sid. And Sid tells us that there is a special gummy piece that we need in order to make our way back over to Hollow Bastion. Uh, he says it's found in the secret waterway over in Travers Town. And he says that whenever he arrived there nine years ago, he stored it there just in case he ever needed to use it. Just why? Um, just why? Uh, yeah. Just keep, a, just keep it with you. Like, keep it in a trunk like a normal person. He's got to be extra. Right? He, yeah, no kidding. Jesus. So as soon as we arrive in the secret waterway, Kyrie is seen just kind of standing over there on the rocks, uh, staring at this mysterious mural the mural shows a sun 
in, in the middle of a blue sky surrounded by clouds. And I actually went to Discord and was looking up just other stuff about this whole mural. I have no idea what this is really actually supposed to like represent. Like I was really like doing some digging. I was really trying to figure out like what is the symbolism here? And I don't know. It, I think it's just supposed to be obvious day and night symbolism with this little mural. I don't know. I, like I said, I tried finding something. I couldn't really find anything. I That's what I got from it was just a day and night thing. I didn't. I also didn't look that hard into it. I was just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I think I just. It's just one of those things that I've always noticed as, you know, it's in the secret passageway, and then like literally once you once you discover this uh, item that Sid tells you to go find, like the whole the wall changes. So I'm like, there has to be some sort of significance here, right? Yeah, I mean, we inspect the mural, the sun changes into a moon, the clouds turn into stars, and then we're rewarded with the gummy piece. With Kyrie. We, we get this scene where just the two of them are, are just standing there talking to each other. And Kyrie mentions the light at the end of the tunnel in reference to uh, her grandma's story. And Sora picks up on this, and he remarks on how he's been searching for her but she had actually been with him the whole time. You know, we had that whole scene, the Kyrie's inside me scene. Giggity. So Sora says that it's time to go get Riku. Eh, it's time to go get Riku back so that the whole trio will be together again. But then Kyrie questions if things will ever be the same between them. Sora mentions how he was saved from being a heartless and it was the light from their connected hearts that, uh, that saved him from the darkness. Therefore, <laughs> Riku must be able to be saved. And then Kyrie says, let's go. But Sora, Sora says it'd be way too dangerous for Kyrie to come. And, you know, I originally thought like, okay, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, Sora suffered the trauma of losing his friends. You know, he just doesn't want to lose them again. But then Sora says, you'd kind of be in my way. <laughs> I just, I just, I look at the scene now and I'm just like, damn, Sora, you sexist bro what's going on man but but now uh now that i also know just i i just know more of Kyrie and how she's used in the future yeah i mean i'm got to say i'm on sora i'm on sora's side with this one too <laughs> Kyrie hands sora the finished charm that uh we saw her making back on destiny islands and and says it's my lucky charm be sure to bring it back to me so Sora promises that he'll bring back the charm whenever they reunite again. And this is actually where we receive the Oathkeeper Keyblade or, or Keychain, which is a pretty nice Keyblade. So right here, we actually, we actually get this little scene, and this is a Final Mix exclusive cutscene. So we never got this cutscene in America. This was exclusive to the Japanese Final Mix version of the game uh, up until, you know, we got the Final Mix versions uh, on the PlayStation 3 and PS4 and stuff here in America. We see Riku walking through a black like space along like a winding gray road. Uh, he's calling out to Sora and Kyrie, apologizing, and he asks himself if this is the afterlife. And then he begins to glow that sort of blue hue again. Uh, and he says that he isn't ready to go until he at least gets to go see Sora and Kyrie again. And then he hears a voice speaking to him, asking if he can hear them. The voice says uh, that they'll be there soon, and then he claims to have the other Keyblade, the one that belongs to this world. Hmm, whatever that means. 
The voice claims that they had been trying to reach Riku, but his darkness had been pushing them away. The voice claims that Riku's uh, heart had beat the darkness, but his body had failed. And that's why he's in this place of darkness where, quote, hearts are gathered. The voice tells Riku that they need to be able to close the door of darkness from both sides using two keys and two hearts. And then the voice says that it must be fate that the two of them are here. And then Riku asks where Sora and Kairi are, and the voice claims that if Riku were to look inside of his own heart, then he would know the answer. That's that whole Final Mix exclusive cutscene. So as you as you know and have already beaten the game like we know who this voice is that he's talking yeah. to and this gives a pretty significant amount of context to this whole to the whole like final scene of the game realistically now that i'm thinking about it now without this scene that final scene in the game seems a tad random so this scene does give a little bit of context uh to uh, riku meeting with this yeah. with this voice uh so yeah, glad no we had idea who that could possibly be. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> no idea. Had no clue. No. no thought. So Sid installs the new gummy piece, and now we can head back over to Hollow Bastion. But before we go to Hollow Bastion, you go to Olympus. Just kidding. You don't because you you don't you just don't want to. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go back. I wanted to finish the game. I'm, I know. So Dash did not go and and play through the the finale, uh, you know, of Olympus Coliseum. So I'm just gonna tell Dash what happens here, even though I, I've already talked to him a little bit about it. And, and we're just I was right the from the first episode. I just want to put that out there. I was totally right, and you Wait, cannot what, take what, that from me. What did you say in the first episode? about the mysterious man in the cave <laughs> oh yeah 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 uh i think i was right we can now fight in the uh in the pegasus cup it's 10 rounds with leon and yuffie uh as the final opponents in the cup so you just fight leon and yuffie which is pretty cool uh winning grants you the ability strike raid which is a pretty powerful you know just attack in the game uh and in the scene with hercules and phil Phil explains that a hero is someone with a strong heart. And if you decide to do the Pegasus like cup alone with just only Sora, you're actually rewarded with an item necessary to creating Sora's Ultima weapon. Also, uh, you can do the Hercules cup, which is 10 rounds, but the fourth seed, like the fourth round towards the end, is a battle with Cloud. And then the final battle is against Hercules. So whenever you beat Cloud, you're actually awarded the Metal Chocobo Keyblade, which is a uh, like a Final Fantasy VII theme. Yeah, it's the keyblade. bird things. It's the bird it's... things, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chocobos are like the birds, but it's a, it's a pretty cool key. It's kind of, I don't know, it's it's an interesting keyblade. I'm sure you can look it up, but it's, uh, it's nothing too crazy. It's just like a little homage to, I think, just Cloud's Buster Sword in Final Fantasy VII. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, that is kind of cool. Yeah, it literally looks like Cloud's sword. Yeah, just like in Keyblade form. Yeah, that literally looks like Cloud's sword. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, we win the cup, uh, and then we're also 
awarded a new shield for Goofy, just simply called Herc's Shield. So that's cool. Yeah, I and was then, glad to uh, give it to him. Yeah. So then we also win uh, the cup and, and we get uh, the critical plus ability, which is a new ability that we can put on to Sora. And then with the main Olympus story completed here, because that's basically whenever you, if you just want to finish the story to Olympus Coliseum, all you have to do is go do the Pegasus Cup and the Hercules Cup. So it's only 20 rounds and they're just like, they're, they're really easy, especially at the level that you are when you're ready to beat the game. So you can go beat the game now. Once these cups are completed, uh, we get the scene where Sora explains that he finally understands what it means to be a hero and Sora and Hercules do like the predator high five. <laughs> yeah. Just not Pretty as badass. many muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Sora's <laughs> muscles are just fucking bulging. It's yeah, crazy. like I never, like I did not get that same amount of masculine energy coming from that high five, but it, it was it, close. It was yeah. close, close second. In the last episode, we had the "My friends are my power" speech. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like if you were to have watched this scene, where Sora understands what it means to be a hero, I feel like this scene is de- it definitely works better played before the "My friends are my power" speech. Because whenever he, Sora has the "My friends are my power" speech, and then has this scene, it's kind of like, yeah, Sora, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, did you not get this when you fought Riku earlier? What the fuck, bro? <laughs> he was just like, uh, eh, it could be worse. The chest in the room opens up, and then we are awarded the Olympia Keyblade, which is also one of the more powerful Keyblades in the game. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and so now that we've also learned the yellow trinity, we can now move the stone in the room. And so whenever we push that stone out of the way, it reveals the keyhole to the world. And so now we finally have sealed every keyhole except for Dash uh, before beating the game. So hey, hey, there's hey, that. hey, 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 <laughs> I did okay. There will be more cups here later on at the Olympus Coliseum. Uh, they're mostly just extra challenges that will get you uh, items uh, and abilities and stuff. Uh, the Hades Cup, for instance, it's 50 levels long. It's like a 50-level gauntlet. And there are actually a few secret bosses for only the purest of heart. In that, in the Hades uh, Cup, uh, Hades is actually round number 10. And after you beat him in that round, that's whenever you get Ansem's report number eight. And this is the, I'm pretty sure the only way to get Ansem's report number eight. So you have to do some extra stuff if you want to get that Ansem report. Um, Ooh. But yeah, me and you, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, but I'll just, you know, we'll talk about it right now. One of that, one of those secret fights, I believe it's the Platinum Cup. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that is in fact a a secret boss battle with the one and only Potato Sack Man himself. <laughs> I was so I was so right, and I don't care what you say. Good job, Dash. <laughs> dude, I, I had I had dude I had an Omega Brain moment when you said that to me. I was just like, yeah. I knew it, I knew it all along. So now we can actually go back to Hollow Bastion. And, I mean, we could have done that before, but <laughs> we went to Olympus Coliseum yeah. first. So well, now we're back over at, yeah, we're at, we're back at Hollow Bastion. 
And Sora is asking Beast where Belle is. And then the Beast says that all of the princesses of heart decided to stay over there at the castle for some reason. So whenever we make our way up to the library, we get the scene where Beast interacts with Belle. And Belle explains to Sora uh, that they've been holding back the darkness so that Sora can seal the keyhole. Talking to Belle again gives you the Divine Rose keychain, which, you know, really nice keyblade. There's a few moments just in this level, and I think we've talked about this before, but just moments in the game where whenever you want to collect an item or something, you have to talk to people multiple times. And I just hate when video games do that. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was, I, I think, because um, I was looking up, because I was looking up where to get the, you know, certain stuff. And I would not have, I would not have found that out if I didn't look that up from, right. from the beginning. It, it, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I was just like, I hate it. Whenever you make it back over to the room where you fought Maleficent for the first time, uh, we can see the remaining five princesses uh, standing around. Uh, talking to them all, they all basically just tell you that an Ansem was engulfed by the darkness coming out of that keyhole and that they're going to continue to push back the darkness while you, uh, Sora, seal the keyhole. Uh, so back inside the room where you fought Darku, there is a treasure chest that has the keyblade Oblivion. I remember you had, you had, you had to tell me about that one. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's where that is? And you're like, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, my God. Walking through the portal, we have an encounter, an encounter with a heartless called Behemoth. Its design is reminiscent of, like, the behemoths found in the Final Fantasy series. And um, the battle is, is very similar to, like, the Cerberus battle, where you have to, like, jump up on the back and stuff. How did you feel about just this behemoth battle? Uh, I... I it wasn't too bad um like you said it kind of mimicked the Cerberus battle mm -hmm. um in a way so I was kind of already prepared for bullshit yeah. <laughs> right. wasn't I texting you I was like what the fuck is this and yeah. you're like you're like oh don't worry about that don't worry about that right there you'll you'll see some of that later I was like yeah what? I'm like <laughs> yeah I'm like that's a that just becomes a normal enemy, I'm pretty sure, later on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, a what? A fucking, a normal enemy? Like, yep. like run into all the time? And you're like, yep. I'm like, no. Because <laughs> I think I text you, I was just like, I was like, what the fuck is this big motherfucker? I was like, his health is in the purple. I don't even know how many bars that is. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is that? That's the most, that's the coloriest color bar I've ever seen. Yeah, dude. I but it wasn't it wasn't really a hard fight. It's kind of like slow and you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not as whatever. hard. It's not as hard as like whenever you fight Cerberus for the first time. You know. Yeah, no, not even close. Especially because you know you got better items, better damage. You know what I mean? That stuff kind of you know helps you really get through that fight. So I didn't think it was that bad. I was just kind of upset that it was in the way at the moment. Mm -hmm. So with Behemoth defeated goofy says that it is now time to seal the keyhole and then leon can be heard outside like they're just outside in the other room <laughs> i was so suspicious of leon oh uh, just just because he was there yeah i'm like why are you here leon. i'm like i'm like this makes no sense you should not be here leon Aerith, and yuffie are here and they say that they came to hollow bastion and sid's ship 
and then Aerith reveals that this is in fact their original home. So all of those Final Fantasy characters come from the Hollow Bastion, essentially. Is that canonical in Final Fantasy? No. Like, is that a thing? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. No, that's... I just I just wanted to know. Yeah, I was no, just that's... like, wait, is that a thing? No, that's the that's the Kingdom Hearts canon. That's that's not the Final Fantasy canon. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. The three of them basically just explain how defeating Ansem is going to restore all of the worlds, but it also means that they're not going to be able to travel to other worlds again. Um, and that it was the Heartless that broke through all of those walls of the world, so allowing travel between them, it, you know, it, basically just, you can't travel to other, once you once the worlds are restored, sorry, you can't travel to other worlds anymore. So, but I mean. Yeah, which I found, which I found very weird, because it's just like, it just, like, I get it, like, we needed the gummy pieces to go certain distances and stuff. Yeah. Right? But it's just like, at the same time, too, I'm kind of like, well, we are just flying through space. So you're saying Sora can't just travel however far he needs to go to well, so like, get to these places? So what they say here is, like, these these worlds just had walls. Like, you literally just could not get to those walls. So whenever the Heartless came, they destroyed all of the walls to the world, as well as starting, like, destroying the worlds themselves. So... Sora is going from world to world to world because the Heartless have broken the walls and are now invading those worlds and are, like, destroying the world actively. So once those worlds are restored, so are their walls. So just, like, Sora just can't... Even if he, like... Even if he gets up and up close and personal to the world, he would just not be able to enter it because there's, like, a wall. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was just very confused about that because I was just like, it just seems like we could just fly there. I go, like, kind of like what Sora says. He's like, why can't I just fly there? He's like, yeah. what's, the, what's the difference? Uh-huh. Yeah. So Leon assures Sora that they'll never forget you, even if they never see you again. And then Sora seals the keyhole to Hollow Bastion. The, uh, the princesses thank you, and then they reward you with Fyraga. Uh, but they say that the darkness grows stronger in a different place. And so if we go back over there to the library, we can meet Aerith. And she actually just straight up hands us all of the remaining Ansem's reports. Well, mo- other than eight, like I said, where you, you have to get Ansem's report eight from uh, defeating Hades in the, uh, in the Hades Cup. Uh, yeah. But she gives you Ansem's report two, four, six, and ten. But because this is final mix, because this is final mix dash, there are three more. The the original, the base game, only had ten Ansem's reports, but this game has thirteen in total. What like why why like I well I they they released the other ones for Japan exclusively, right? Yes. Yeah. So like I'm just wondering why because that seems like like I can understand maybe cutting like you know. Maybe the final ball, you know, like like uh, the final fight at the Coliseum. I can kind of understand that, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like some secret bosses. That yeah. that Sephiroth battle is actually available in the American version too, like on the PS2. Oh, okay. So like, it just seems weird because it seems like the Ansem reports are like very important information, and it's so just like, why yeah. was that taken out for us? You oh, know dude, I mean? believe me, man. So once we get to Kingdom Hearts two. There's almost like 
there's almost too many Final Mix things to like even count. Like there are some very crucial plot elements in Kingdom Hearts 2 that were originally only shown in the Final Mix version, like tons. And like plot exclusive, like bosses and everything. Uh, there's There actually is another boss in this game um, that you can go and fight right now, but I'm not really going to make a mention to it in case you ever do want to go back to, ha- you know, or just go back yeah. to Kingdom Hearts and, and you know, find the secret boss. But it does have some pretty uh, pretty solid significance to the future of the series. But it's also just a Final Mix exclusive boss. So, you know, that stuff happens. It's, it's less common in Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 had a Final Mix version. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep had a Final Mix version. All of which just included, like, scenes that <laughs> were withheld from the base game until the Final Mix versions came out. It's basically what Square Enix was doing before DLC was a thing. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Like, because DLC was not a thing on the PlayStation 2... They essentially just re-released the games just with more content. Interesting. And somehow that was more pro- that was profitable. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I th- I'm, what I'm thinking is it's, it's pro- it probably they probably wanted to like make some extra sales and like they added content that they wanted to add to the game, but because downloadable content wasn't like a thing yet, they basically were just like, oh well. You know, we can make some money if we just make enough copies to sell to the people in Japan and not have to, like, you know, pour in resources into other countries to get, like, different languages localized and all this stuff, you know, just to, like, re-release the same game. I don't know. That's kind of my theory on it. We but, will never uh, know. The world, yeah. we never know. <laughs> so now it's time to embark on uh, the toughest U.S. tugboat mission that we have seen yet. Like, did you ever die during any of the gummy ship missions? Not one time. I th- actually, job, you yeah. know what? No, I no, I did, I did do, I did die, but that was because I wasn't paying attention. I was like looking at my phone because I was just like, oh, I could just kind of <laughs> not pay attention to this, and I will still be okay. And I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Checks out. So we finally make it here to the mysterious location called End of the World. Dun dun dun! Spooky music plays in the background. So stepping out into this weird purple void with stones and treasure chests all around you, we get this scene where Sora questions what's happening to them and this world, you know, what's going to happen whenever they kill the Ansem and and restore all of the worlds. And uh, Goofy, always continuing to prove himself to be the smartest character in the Kingdom Hearts universe, says, This is a heartless world, so maybe it'll just disappear. Huh? But no worries. Even if this place goes poof, our hearts ain't going nowhere. I'm sure we'll find our pals again. Yep, I just know that we will. (laughs) Sora looks down at Kairi's lucky charm and promises that he'll return it to Kairi. So as you're making your way through this area, uh, there are these moments where the like these purple void orbs like they like suck up the whole party and then you're thrown into like a, a battle with some heartless uh 
these uh, just just from my perspective, looking at these orbs, they kind of resemble a little bit to me, like sort of the nature of the the sort of like black and red void that sucked up Destiny Islands at the very beginning of the game. Interesting. These battles are mostly random, but there are some scripted ones, uh, like some of the chests will uh, will throw you into a battle. But I think this is one of the only times i think well this is the only time here in the first kingdom hearts game where there are i i mean maybe i don't i don't know the coding of this uh, too well maybe but i'm pretty sure these are random encounters uh where like you literally are just walking around in a world and then you're thrown into like an entirely new like battle screen you fight some enemies and then you're back onto the field i think it's very interesting like that 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 they like included that gameplay mechanic here in the first Kingdom Hearts game. How did how did you feel about this whole little section? Uh, I liked it. I I liked the I liked the design of it. And like you said, you know, you open a chest and it like throws you into a battle. So it kind of made yeah. me like, kind of made me wary of just like going around and just being like, oh, I'm gonna open this. I'm gonna open this. Like I don't really care about what I'm doing here. You know what yeah. I mean? I liked it though. I I, I liked how it just kind of threw you into you know into other stuff it kind of broke up the i don't want to say like the mundane Mm -hmm. i don't even think that's the right word but just like when you get into this repetitive of oh i walk into a room and there's heartless beat the heartless go do the thing like it kind of broke it up for me and i was just like okay you've you've gained my attention back again if that makes any sense so once you kind of make it through this area you're then thrown into a new area inside of this like sort of bizarre chasm with platforms all around you um but there are some really cool items in this room like uh chess synthesis materials uh there's a whole new staff that you can find for donald it's like a really fucking cool wand um i don't know if, i don't know how much exploring you did in this little area if you just went straight to that vortex that was on the ground <laughs> uh i did a little bit um mm. not too much because it was it was a work night and it was getting late. Oh I was yeah, like, okay, I need to finish this game. <laughs> gotta beat the game. Yeah, yeah. I was like, gotta beat the game. Gavin's gonna yell at me if I show up tomorrow. <laughs> the game's not beaten. You know it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there's this glowing vortex on the ground. You step through it and then you're transported to all these platforms with pillars of light in the middle of them. And as you go from platform to platform, you'll revisit. Uh, all the locations, or you know, a bunch of them from all of these worlds that you visited, uh, where you fight a bunch of heartless, except for the 100-acre wood. This place is basically just like a like a safe haven where you can save the game, and you eat, you even get a, a mega elixir. <laughs> yeah, I was so, like, <laughs> what's what's out. the trope? Why why am I getting a save point? Why is there healing items here? Oh no, there's a boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool little area. The, the last little orange fire-like pillar. Uh, it ta- it takes you to this room where you see a big heartless emblem on the wall, and then you fight a few invisible heartless. And then also uh, there's this corridor and like in this corridor there's this laboratory with lots of like technology uh going on uh and there are all these pod like things uh with like piping connecting it to this large uh blue object above them uh and whenever you inspect the terminal you get this message ones born of the heart and darkness devoid of hearts 
ravage all worlds and bring desolation. Seize all hearts and consummate the great heart. All hearts to be one. One heart to encompass all. Realize the destiny, the realm of kingdom hearts. The great darkness sealed within the great heart. Progeny of darkness, come back to the eternal darkness. For the heart of light shall unseal the path. Seven hearts, one keyhole, one key to the door. The door of darkness, tied by two keys. The door to darkness, to seal the light. None shall pass but shadows, returning to the darkness. Ones born of the heart in darkness, hunger for every heart until the door opens. So that's what that's what that says. Um, <laughs> that's what that's what that does. Right yeah. There. <laughs> just just immediately for me points out pretty pretty big to me. Seven hearts, one keyhole, one key to the door, the door of darkness tied by two keys. And if you remember back to the little conversation that Riku had with with that voice, the voice is like, "I've got the other key to seal the door," you know. Yeah. So there are there are at least. Two keyblades. <laughs> two and I keys. wonder who has the other one. But yeah, so what do you think about this whole little room? I remember I was telling you about this room. Um, trying not to give you give too much detail about about this little room here. But uh, yeah, what do you think about this this message and everything that we get here in this little area? Well, it's kind of like by this point, I kind of had an idea. I think like like I was hinting towards before it's like I wonder who could have the second keyblade you know and so like to me I was just like okay so it takes you know this is not something Sora can just say hey I'm going to do this alone like no matter what's going to happen you know it's like it's it's almost like uh what is it the nuclear codes that you know you need two keys to you know do anything with yeah. The room was just kind of ominous, too. It gave me, like, almost a... Not a chill. That's kind of, like, the wrong word, because it wasn't that scary. But, like, that's the best word I can think of. It was just, like... It was just, like, eerie. It was just, like... I don't know. Can't really... Yeah. Can't really find the right words no. to explain it. I'm kind of finding... I'm having a hard time finding the right words. No, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Very interesting. Very cryptic. Very ominous stuff. Maybe it'll come back later. Who knows? Who knows? It looks like there's pods for other things that could be put in there. Just saying. Don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So once we leave this area, we encounter a boss fight with Chernabog from Fantasia. Once you once you defeat Chernabog, he he gets you, he gives you super super glide. I was also really trying to figure out why Chernabog. Is just a boss battle in this game. I, I couldn't find anything. Um, this this all seemed incredibly random to me, and even still, I'm just like, what is the point here? Why is Chernabog in here? Like, I I understand there's like the connection between like Mickey Mouse the character because of Fantasia. Yeah. But also, you take a look at the original story of Fantasia, and um. Like the original text before it was all, you know, uh, Disney-fied, um, Disney-fied. Is, is very religious in nature. And Chernabog is quite seriously, like, supposed to represent, like, Beelzebub. Like, he's supposed to be the devil. So I'm like, why is Chernabog in this game? I thought Beelzebub I wasn't the devil. I thought he was, a, like, one of, like, the big right-hand men of 
the devil. <laughs> We're not trying to get into theology here, okay? I'm just saying. But, you said it. But, I was just. I was just asking. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> what I'm really just saying is like, like a, this just makes no sense to me. Why, like, this like very demonic, like. I mean, I yeah. guess I get it just because it's so it's so dark in nature. Like this whole this whole the area whole thing is pretty is so eerie. Dark. Yeah, it's yeah. it's eerie. It's it it feels unnatural, uncomfortable. You know, so like it gives mm-hmm. off it fits. You know, for sure. Yeah. So once he's defeated, a hole opens up where Chernabog like was resting, like where he was just standing there, I guess. And you can travel deeper into this sort of like dungeon area. After traveling through a few rooms that like depict thorns and uh, like broken architecture, you then appear in uh, the fi- the final enemy gauntlet room. And um, as like as you're defeating enemies, pieces of this door uh, inside start to chip apart. It's, it's like shaped like the heartless emblem. How did you feel about this little enemy gauntlet room? Uh, kind of challenging. A yeah. little bit. It's just because it felt so relentless, so it was just like yeah. no time to breathe, no time to you know gather yourself and get better resources. You know what I mean? That's how it kind of felt yeah. to me. Um, I didn't die here, but I did get very close a few times, but having uh, uh, Kira... Uh, is that what it is, right? Is that the, is that the top one? Yeah, Kiraga. Having that really, really helped. Um, oh, uh, yeah. With, you know, because I wasn't burning through items so quickly. And I think I told you this too, before I even went to really this bot to the boss area, I loaded up on items. Because I was just <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to be facing, but I want to have as much of whatever I can carry just yeah. along the ride with me. And, um, yeah, that really, uh, yeah, that really was, was kind of tough. I wasn't ready for it. I definitely was not ready for yeah. all that. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it's rough, especially like on harder difficulties, dude. I, I remember that being a challenging for me when I was a little kid. But then when I got like the PS3 remasters of the games, uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going on proud mode or, you know, whatever the hardest difficulty is. Um, I think it's proud mode in Kingdom Hearts 1. And uh, yeah, dude, got my ass like whooped many times. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, this is uh that was that was the last little um little thing that we're doing here until we you know before we actually go and do the final boss uh, little area proper. Now that we have officially seen pretty much all of the main heartless that you normally come across in Kingdom Hearts One, uh, before we just continue, Dash, do you have a favorite heartless in this game? Ooh. You hit me with a question I was not ready for, you bastard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I'm seriously, I think, I'm not going to lie, I still think it's a it's a very big tie between um, the Tarzan Heartless, like the monkeys, mm-hmm. yeah, and the Atlantis ones. I really like those. Even the Atlantis hate ones. It. Yeah, they were like... Uh, they were like like the, green, the green guys? Oh, the jellyfish guys. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like huh. I like I like jellyfish. I think they're cool. Okay, cool. I I've I don't think I've ever actually known anyone <laughs> to to ever to ever reference <laughs> those jellyfish 
outside of like like specifically talking about that world like in detail (laughs) you know yeah yeah interesting i would not have thought that but yeah no the power wilds man those monkey heartless hell yeah (laughs) i dig them no Um, i I, they still they had a place in my heart right when uh right when um i saw them for the first time and i was just like oh this is great i I love you you saw them for the first time and you said you'll be in my heart yeah exactly and then phil collins came into my room oh god no 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 stop there stop there dash (laughs) i should have just stopped at phil collins came um oh true (laughs) once this doorway is opened walking through it leads us to a room with a mega elixir and a save point and we got that same door that sora saw in his dream at the very start of the game did you did you catch that that was like the exact same door i I was it the exact same door. I can't tell you if I actually caught that it was the ex- <laughs> okay. exact same door. But I was like, okay, we've seen this before. Okay. You know, we've seen it before, and you know, we're referencing this for some reason. So it is important. So now is the time to save and stock up on everything that you want to take with you, because this is the final stretch. No turning back. Oh man, I was we terrified. I was so oh, scared yeah. for this. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> walking up to the door (laughs) only sora basically just hears this voice saying to him careful this is the last haven that you'll find here beyond there is no light to protect you but don't be afraid your heart is the mightiest weapon of all remember you are the one who will open the door to the light and so then the door opens we are back on destiny islands so whenever you approach the secret place you hear the voice of the guy (laughs) in the sack what i don't know why just whenever you approach the secret place like it just (laughs) it just it just just sounded really weird i was just like okay (laughs) yeah well that's this is this is the dilemma that kingdom hearts fans have you can't just casually just talk about the events that happen in these games without sounding like an absolute lunatic, okay? <laughs> or pervert. Yeah. <laughs> or a pervert, yeah. So you approach that's the who was place. That's who was in Under the Hood. It was Chris Hansen. Oh, God. You walk in and he's just like, how about you take a seat? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you approach the secret place. And then you hear the voice of Sephiroth. You know, guy in the sack. The same well, thing that he basically... We, it can't be him. We we already fought and beat him. So, like, you know, it couldn't have been him. Dash, so I Dash already you haven't. That. You haven't. All right? I, I after you told me, I looked it up on YouTube and I felt like I did. So I'm going to take that <laughs> okay. as partial credit. Okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> so he says pretty much the same thing that he says to you at the very beginning of the game. There is so very much to learn. You understand so understand so little. A meaningless effort. A meaningless effort. One who knows nothing One can knows understand. Nothing can understand. Uh, and everything around you starts to shift and disappear. And Sora looks out, and he sees Darku looking out at the shore. As you approach him, we hear Ansem's voice. And he starts talking about Riku and how he saw this island as a prison 
and in hopes of becoming free, he turned his heart towards the darkness. And then he turns around and he reveals himself. He's actually Ansem. Whoa. And oh, my God. <laughs> Ansem claims that Riku's heart now completely belongs to darkness. And he also claims that hearts and worlds start out as darkness. And over time, the darkness inevitably swallows up the heart. Uh, and, then, and then he does the shaky hand and says, Darkness is the, the heart's, heart's, is the heart's true essence. And then Sora hits him with the, That's not true! And then, and then he gives another badass monologue. The heart may be weak. The heart may be weak. And sometimes, and sometimes, it may even give in. It may even give in. But I've learned, but I've learned, deep down there's a light deep down that never goes light. out. That never goes out. And then Ansem backs up and he says, So you have come this far. Come this far. Still you understand. Still you understand. Nothing. Every light must fade. Every light must Every heart returns to heart returns to And then he calls upon his guardian, Heartless. And now we have our very first battle with Ansem. How, you, how do you feel? Yeah, how do Pussy. you feel about this shit? Pussy. You had to call a bodyguard <laughs> for you? Fucking pansy. Damn. Bro, you're talking shit about his bodyguard? Yeah. Yeah. Fight fight, fight Dash, this, you're, fight you're this about 10-year-old kid like a man. Fight this 10-year-old <laughs> kid like a man, you coward. Yeah. I mean, to be fair... <laughs> This ten-year-old also has, uh, fucking, uh, the the duck and the dog. So, I don't know. I'm kind of well, at least for this fight, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, so what do you think about this sort of like? How do you, how do you feel about just kind of the design of like? I don't know, just the way Ansem fights, like with the Guardian Heartless and stuff. Uh, so I think I told you this. I kind of uh, bullied him for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. on accident. It was complete accident that he got stuck at the corner of where, like, the bridge is yes. on the beach. And yes. it, it was not intentional. I was just hitting him, and he kind of worked himself back into that corner. And yeah. since since the, the Heartless kind of stays out a certain range, I was kind of just in this spot where I was just doing damage and just being able to free whack the hell out of him for a while. Hell yeah. Um. So... Nice. <laughs> Actually, this fight was not that bad because I kind of cheesed it on accident. Well, at least you did it. Yeah. Um, by the way, did did you um you want to admit to the world the items that you've been giving like Donald and Goofy and stuff? Have have you have you not been giving him like mega elixirs and shit? <laughs> no, 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 I haven't. I haven't given them. Oh, shit. what? I thought you. I thought you were giving him like mega elixirs and shit and elixirs. No, 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 no. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because Goofy takes one hit and Donald's like, here you go, and burns my fucking elixir. He does yes. not deserve it. Okay, and good. I'm glad him. you, I'm glad you had, look, I'm just glad that you, you found out the hard way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Many times. Many. It, actually, yeah. I think it was during Olympus Coliseum, like when we oh. were going through the first round. I put like them on the I like there gave them items and literally yeah. Donald got hit or Goofy got hit once and just right up to full and I go why <laughs> I go at least let him get to half first yeah. I go it was yeah, not yeah, yeah. necessary ridiculous it's like every it's like when you shoot somebody in a first person shooter and you reload immediately afterwards with like 
60 bullets left you're just like i can't use all those <laughs> yeah yeah you 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 use one bullet in the magazine and then as soon as you're done with that one bullet you throw that magazine in the trash and you put a brand new one in there that's exactly Fuck. how it works god it's so frustrating so yeah you you got this you got this fight with him and then after you defeat him he kind of flies away and then more of the island just starts to break apart and uh, now, now is actually the best time to rearrange items and equipment if you need to, because you actually get a chance to before you like walk into that little fucking dome and fight the uh, the dark side. You have actually like a chance to um, rearrange all your shit. So it's pr- probably a good idea to do that right there. Uh, Not needed. After that, I I came ready with all the shit that I needed. I knew I was Hell going yeah. in final swing, so I was everything I had besides the keyblade. Uh, yeah, there you go. Besides the Keyblade was the only thing that I think I changed. Um, but other than that, I was just like, I was I was ready. I was like, I'm doing this how I'm doing it. Sora jumps into the ring and Donald and Goofy are again killed by an invisible wall. And then the dark side heartless from Sora's dream. He appears again and you've got another battle with it. How is, how is this dark side battle compared to the the uh, the one in the dream and the one on Destiny Islands. I couldn't cheese him um, in the dome, uh, so uh, I actually tried. I th- I think we talked about this too. We talked about a lot of stuff while we were gone, guys. Like we were just <laughs> talking about stuff because I I had questions. Um, yes, but uh, I tried to just bully him again because I mean, even though I cheesed it. Even though I cheesed it in the first fight, I just tried to just bum rush him and hope that mm-hmm. worked. And I got my ass kicked more than once. Hell yeah. Um so this this fight kind of dictates how I do how I did the 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 preceding or the one after. Yeah, whatever. Whatever word mm-hmm. makes sense. Sure. Um but I I just kept just trying to ram my head through a brick wall and eventually I just got lucky enough with using you know some elixirs and some you know and some spells and stuff like that to kind of get through it but it was not it was rough for sure okay yeah yeah definitely not as easy as it is the very first time but no it's probably also not as bad at, it's 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 not nearly as hard as what you're about to go through because uh, after you after you kill Fuck. dark side you now you now take on the harder version of Ansem and his guardian, but now you're completely alone. How is that? Yeah, that was rough. Uh, yeah. I had to walk away. Oh yeah, for a little bit. Uh, yeah. It was another one of those bosses where I just had to walk away and like come back to it in like 20 minutes and just recoup. I mean, like I said, the the. The one fight kind of gave me a proceeding to kind of slow down for a minute and just sure. kind of see what he's going to do, um, like get some attacks and kind of back off and just kind of mm-hmm. see where I could hit. And even with doing that, I still struggled a bit. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was a lot smoother of a loss, if that makes sense, than than the previous fight I just did. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it just wasn't just being like, oh, fuck, I just died, you know, for, felt like just a dumb reason. It was like, it was like, okay, no, like, I died because 
I forgot that he does this attack when he's winding up like this, and I just thought it was something else. I'm like, okay, now next time, put that in the memory bank, and let's go again. Um, yeah. That was after the 20-minute break, after I was so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So, yeah, I mean, he's got those moves. He fucking... He does the thing where he turns into a big fucking bullet and just, like, zooms after you. He makes the fucking guardian uh, dive under the ground and, like, you gotta, like, roll away. Kind of like the, um... It's, it's kind of similar to that of the Cerberus battle. I feel like almost all of the battles kind of take some sort of inspiration from, like, some of those early-on battles like Cerberus and stuff. Uh, Cerberus was that, bullshit. That should not yeah. have been a first fucking, like, you just started the game here's your ass yeah you know what I mean like that was there is nothing and I think we've talked about it multiple multiple times nothing has yet been as frustrating as the Cerberus fight like really even this fight was not as frustrating as Cerberus no because like I you know I've I've, we've already gone how many hours into this game already at this point you know what I mean yeah at least like 25 hours yeah, so it's like, I, you know, I'm like, okay, obviously I'm doing something wrong, and this is just not, you know, this is not this kind of game, or this is not this kind of section where I can just kind of bully my way through things, mm-hmm. and just be okay. When I was doing the Cerberus fight, I had no context for anything about this game. So... Mm-hmm. I was just going off of pure instinct of how I played other games. You're like, I played games before. This should be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I got my ass handed to me. Like, I yeah. I don't think we recorded that same week. Or yeah. maybe we did. Or maybe we did, but I was playing that part, like, on a Monday or something like that after we recorded the very, very first episode. And okay. I literally had to stop playing that game completely for the rest the rest of that time until like that <laughs> Wednesday yeah. and then I finally picked it up again and then beat servers after that and I, that was after I looked some stuff up too this was not yeah. nearly as frustrating as that servers fight for okay. me yeah fair enough yeah fair enough fair enough you finally kill him fuck yeah epic pog moment and um <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah so Ansem and his guardian you, you, they're dead Sora and Donald and Goofy, they're thrown into what is described by Ansem as the Endless Abyss, where inside lies the heart of all worlds, Kingdom Hearts. And this is the first time in the game that we're actually seeing what this Kingdom Hearts looks like, and it's a door, right? Was that, was that, was that kind of what you were expecting it to look like? What did, what did you think Kingdom Hearts looked like? What did I think Kingdom Hearts looked like? Yeah, like did you actually whenever you whenever you were thinking of like Kingdom Hearts, did you think that it was an actual like thing? Like if you were to think like, oh, what is like maybe Kingdom Hearts actually is a thing? What did you think Kingdom Hearts was? <sighs> to be totally honest, I didn't think it was like I definitely didn't think it was a door. Okay. I, that was not that did not even register. Potentially, I think maybe a lock ran by, like a keyhole ran by my my mind at one point. Like, sure, you know what I mean. Like, I was just like, okay, the whole game is themed around this. I go, maybe that's like the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but I definitely thought, a big thing in in the first Kingdom Hearts for sure. Yeah. Um. 
But I thought it was just like what I thought Kingdom Hearts was when they were talking about it was potentially just like um, maybe it was just a ball or, you know, like a container of some kind that just or like just some sort of force, some sort of like, like, yeah, yeah something like that kind of light. Yeah, or, like, maybe I was even thinking, like, kind of looks like a yin and yang symbol almost. You know what I mean? Like, there's darkness and there's light. You know, it's, like, where everything is kind of, like, the most harmony kind of way. Sure. Um, But definitely not a door. Okay. So we see, you know, this Kingdom Hearts, and it's a huge fucking, like, you know, door. Ansem says that hearts are born in the dark depths of Kingdom Hearts, and that there isn't a single glimmer of light coming from inside of it. And we get this killer shot of this giant heartless ship with a huge fucking demon face on the front of it, and Donald and Goofy are sucked into it, and Sora starts to fall into the darkness below until he hears Riku's voice saying, Giving up already? Giving up already? Come on, Sora. Come on, Sora. I thought you were stronger than that. I thought you were stronger than that. Sora flies back up to the ship, keyblade in hand, and you now square up to the final gauntlet and boss of Kingdom Hearts 1 Final Mix, Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. First of all, how do you feel about this whole fucking ship design thing? It looked like a Yu-Gi-Oh monster. I don't know how many times I have oh, said yeah. it. It looked like a goddamn fucking, like, I tribute <laughs> summon fucking three monsters to draw <laughs> this big-ass ship. Right. You know, something that yeah. ends the game because it has a super stupid special effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Nice. I was, I was like, so I, I looked at it and immediately was just like, this looks like it was ripped straight out of Yu-Gi-Oh. And maybe it had some inspiration behind it. I mean, I don't know. Or Possibly. maybe Magic the Gathering or anything like that. I mean, maybe, could have. Yeah, I mean, maybe Tetsuya Nomura looks at, looks at uh, I don't know, popular anime or car, card games like that. And maybe he does get some inspiration. I, I think I I can definitely agree with you. I mean, I, I, if, if ever a Yu-Gi-Oh card was put out and it literally just had the fucking ship from kingdom hearts one on it i'd say yep makes sense checks out i'm pretty sure there is that's the, that's why i immediately jumped to Yu-Gi-Oh. that's what i'm saying like nice. i swear to god there's a ship card i can't remember the name of it at the, i'm gonna look it up i swear to god there's okay. a ship. You, you can keep going but like no i was just like yeah it's a well Yu-Gi-Oh i have I, I also i have more questions about other designs that are not just can, the Yu-Gi-Oh monster so, i can still i can still answer those questions okay i just have to so ansem's design first of all uh super sexy uh, very shirtless by default uh, I'm just gonna say I think he's by far the sexiest Kingdom Hearts primary antagonist <laughs> just I'm just saying it. I'm just I just gotta put it out there um, I have nothing to base it on so <laughs> I'll just give you a quick spoiler alert this is the only time that we see one of the big bads uh, completely shirtless oh that's sad I think like I said by default in my mind, at least, sexiest Kingdom Hearts primary uh, primary antagonist. Uh, his guardian, on the other hand, is now like this huge piece of like the back of the ship. How did you feel about 
I don't know, like, <laughs> did that did that do anything for you? Just seeing like the Guardian basically is now a part of this ship and he's fucking huge. It was fucking wild. The whole design was just absolutely insane. I loved it. I loved every. I loved everything about it. You know what mm. I mean? I'm looking at a picture of it actually right now. I mean, it is just. It is all kinds of fucking crazy, and it's over the top, yes. and it's like, it's like, it's like, if they just pulled a fucking, like, Jafar, or like, <laughs> Ursula, and they just made yeah. Ansem bigger, I would have been like, yeah. this is the most lackluster fight, but they're like, no, yeah. we're gonna go big or go home, and I love it. It's funny that you say Ursula, though, because even just with talking about Chernabog, the way that this whole boss fight is kind of structured... It's very similar to that of like the Ursula and the Chernabog fight, where it's basically you just kind of fly around and you're attacking a boss that just sits there in one place, you know? Yeah. Um, but like you say, I think even though, like, if you just break it down to like its simplest form, like, you know, like that, um, the thing that really does save this boss and make it a, a very memorable fight. I think is like you're saying this way fucking over the top um, design of everything, and it's just it's just so nonsensical in the best ways. Can you at least tell me if they keep this trend going, where the boss, like the end boss fights, are just over the top compared to everything else in the game? Um, in the games, uh, I will say yes. I will. I will say. Some are, some are, some are, like, if, if you're expecting them to just get, like, more crazy and more crazy and more crazy per series, you'll be let down every now and then. But there are some really wild boss, like, final boss designs. Um, but that's a common thing in JRPGs in general. And Square Enix is known for this sort of thing. You fucking, you, you look at the entire, the entirety of any of the Final Fantasy games... And like, yeah, they're very fantastical. They're they're very you know over the top in some regards. But then you compare the, their entire respective games to the final bosses of those games, and it's just like holy shit, it's God, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm fighting I'm fighting a, a, an actual deity now. Um, so, anyway, I think it's also it, important to preface too is that like you know even though I'm like you know I would love to see. Uh, you know, I would love to see the bosses just get crazier and crazier. It's if it fits, you know, the character that it's supposed to represent. You know, if that does that make sense? Like, right? Like yeah. Ansem. If now seeing what his final boss fight is and what he looks like, like if if it was anything less than that, I'd be like, yeah, it was kind of a letdown because like he comes off as this very very powerful person and this person that is sure. going to wreck your shit. If he was anything else than a giant ship that was, you know, like, you know, throwing haymakers and fireballs or whatever at you, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, kind of boring. But, you know, if it fits the character, I don't care if the design is simplistic or if yeah. it's or if it, you know, maybe a letdown to some people in the Kingdom Hearts, you know, fan community. I'm just like, but does it work with their character? Like if it's if it's if I think the whole person... I think you'll be I think you'll be satisfied then with a lot of the bosses in Kingdom Hearts because I feel like for the most part, um, besides maybe some that I I'm not just gonna say because I don't want to spoil anything for those games. There there have been times where I've figured like uh, like really like that's 
that's how they that's how they did the last boss for you know this game or this game or this game you know so um but for the yeah. most part i like you're saying with ansem i think like even if it even if it goes a little bit outside like uh, even further you know like like i agree with what you're saying ansem is like a powerful dude but like fuck i wasn't thinking it was demon hell spawn like oh yeah <laughs> in no. space crazy you know like this is just wild i love it i, I think it's so cool yeah um, no i completely agree but yeah, also, uh, he's he's got this like dual-ended Soul Eater staff. So like the key, like the Keyblade that uh, Riku was using. Now Ansem is basically using that as his primary his primary melee weapon. It's just like this dual-ended staff where both ends are that Keyblade. <laughs> it's pretty fucking wild. And uh, and also his his eyes are like completely orange. Yeah, it was all great. I loved I loved it. Also. He's got these crazy black and orange leggings, uh, accentuating his muscly legs. Again, solidifying his role as the sexiest Kingdom Hearts main antagonist. <laughs> like we, like we were saying, the way this fight works is similar to like Ursula Chernabog. You're you're flying and you're attacking a stationary enemy. Um, and in this fight, Ansem he goes into like this sleep like stasis where he's covered by a heartless emblem and Sora is thrown into all these rooms of darkness where he uh, unlocks gradually his party members uh, you know after defeating hordes of enemies Uh, and he also finishes each of these battles by attacking this little like stream of light just kind of floating in the air I don't know what that's supposed to be but in my mind since the ship is alive I always thought it was something like uh, like a nerve like you were like like killing nerves or something i don't know <laughs> that's what i that's what i was potentially running with that it was just like nerves and like just it's tendrils or whatever yeah, you know what i mean yeah, just I just know. body part stuff that i don't understand sure <laughs> so in between these little heartless battles Sora is thrown back to the outside of the ship where he fights you know various uh i guess body parts of the ship uh one including the face which is crazy because it like bites at you and shit and uh and then you finish it off by destroying this like purple heart with like what looks to be i don't know like a skull face inside of it it's kind of it's crazy design but um yeah that's that's pretty much where you stop fighting the ship because uh, after that ansem then wakes up and then you fight him for the last time so yeah i mean overall how how would you uh, how would you sort of rate this this sort of fight one out of ten this whole this whole like final boss gaunt- final boss gauntlet with uh, with Ansem ten absolutely frustrating oh, yeah. as hell frustrating as hell but also very interesting um, yeah. and very uh, I keep using the word engaging but like that's just what it was because I was just so glued to you know what I mean. Like, yeah, parts where you're just like, okay, like, yes, I get it, you know, like, whatever. But I was just so like, oh, my God, like, this is fucking insane. Damn, so, okay, so, so 10 out of 10. So, so you're looking at this fight and you're like, fuck, yeah, this is how you, this is how you finish a game. This is how you do a final boss. Let me, let me specify this 10, okay? Okay. It's a 10 out of 10 on how I felt while playing it. If that makes sense. Okay. 
Sure. But, like, the attacks and stuff, once you kind of get them down, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not super hard. Like, I thought the second fight with Ansem or whatever it was was a lot harder than this right. one. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this ship did fuck me up quite a few times, for sure. I, I oh, died yeah. quite a bit. Um, I think, like, <laughs> maybe five or six times, I believe. Um, yes. But I did take it slow. I think I did tell you that. Like, I took it very slow. It was very methodical. So it turned into, like, a, you know, on the I think on the run that I beat him, I think I was in that fight for maybe 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Like, took a while just because I was just, like, I was like, I really don't want to die here. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really want to go slow. I really want to take my time um, and not just die to stupid shit. And I liked it. I liked every second of it. And I was wondering yeah. if I didn't have to save Donald, but whatever. <laughs> nice. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. He wouldn't let me finish the fight. I just kept, you know. I was just yeah. like, you know, I think I got everybody I need. You know, we can just finish this fight here. You could blow up or whatever. And, you know, casualties happen. That's just yeah, war. Of and of he was just like, hey, you have to save Donald. I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The ship completely explodes. But then Ansem, he survives it, and then he attempts to draw out darkness from Kingdom Hearts. The door opens up, and the darkness seems to start flowing out of the door, but then Sora tells Ansem that he's wrong. And he says that he knows now that Kingdom Hearts is light, and then light bursts out of the cracks of the door, and then Ansem is completely engulfed in the light, and now he is finally defeated. Bye bye, Ansem. Yes. Bye bye. So boy. Sora, Donald, and Goofy, they cute ass boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Sora, Donald, and Goofy, they rush over to the doors. Um, but as they're pushing, they realize that there's just a ton of Heartless on the other side. And as Sora is struggling to push the door closed, Riku shows up on the other side, and he tells Sora to not give up. And then he helps them close the door. And multiple dark side heartless kind of appear just like right behind him. But just as fast as they appear, they disappear. And then the gang sees him. The man, the myth, the mouse, King Mickey. <laughs> Cease and desist. Cease and desist. <laughs> so shining in the light on the other side is Walt Disney himself. It's crazy. I like to think that like like a weird cover of like some Disney song was being played because they still didn't give him the rights to use actual Disney property still. You know what I mean? Like a song. <laughs> yeah. So they were playing some weird ass cover of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He tells Sora that there will always be a door to the light. And then Mickey turns around to thank Donald and Goofy. And as the door is closing, Riku turns to Sora and he says, take care of her. And then Mickey uses his own Keyblade to seal the door with Sora. And the door vanishes, revealing a long, dark road. And then Sora starts... Oh, he said the thing! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he did. So (laughs) Sora starts reminiscing on the times that he had with Riku and Kairi on Destiny Islands. And it's all sad. And he turns around and then... (gasps) he, he, He sees her. It's Kairi. And then <gasps> Donald and Goofy 
they watch as Sora runs out to her, and then we get a fucking awesome CG cutscene. And so, Kyrie not standing was not expecting that cutscene. By the way, was not. Oh, you didn't expect it to uh, to like switch all. over. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, how I did was, you? I was. How'd you feel? Thoroughly, I I was shocked. I was just like, oh, okay, we're gonna get some creepy dead-eyed Sora cutscene again. Um, was it, in your mind where you kind of like, like shit? This is the last cutscene. Like this has to be the last cutscene in the game. Uh, no, I had a, I was just like, there's gotta be other stuff that's probably gonna come after, you know, like, end credit kind of stuff. I think, I think my mind is like, I think my mind is like that just because of Marvel. It's just like, you know, now I always stay for end credit, because I'm just like, I don't know. Well, you know, you know, not every video game does that sort of thing, but if you are a fan of of how Marvel does it, then you'll, you'll really love kingdom hearts because every kingdom hearts game has something to look forward to at the end of the credits oh yeah and that's what i mean like but what i will say is that i was like i was like one i saw where all the budget went and why Sora's face looks the way <laughs> yeah. it does yeah um but no but but really i was just like wow i go this is not just a um this is not just a like yay you did it celebrate the hero this is like it felt like it was like a legitimate moment it's like it's like we want you to absorb what we're about to show and tell you and i love it and we'll talk about my reaction a little more after you talk yeah. about it afterwards because <laughs> i know you're gonna bring it up so yeah. go ahead so Kyrie is standing on the sand and it seems to be drifting kind of further away from the ground that Sora is standing on. As he approaches her, the ground starts to shake, and then she drifts further from him, but they're holding his they're holding hands. Sora shouts out, Kairi! Remember what you said before? I'm always with you too. I'll come back to you. I promise. And then Kairi shouts out, I know you will. We see Kyrie's perspective as all of the worlds come back to the way that they were before uh, they were lost to the darkness. And Kyrie's back on Destiny Islands. And she walks over there into the secret cave and she starts to admire all of the chalk drawn on the walls. But then she starts to cry whenever she sees the drawing of Sora giving her the pauper fruit. And then she gets down on her knees and she draws herself giving Sora a pauper fruit as well. How did you tell me? Give me a play-by-play of how you reacted to this ending. I was completely fine. I watched it and I was like, "That's a good game." And then I went to bed. No, that's not what happened. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was. was And then I slept and I worked for fourteen hours the next day. (laughs) And then I thought about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um. No, I. I was actually I was fine for a good a good majority of that. I was like, okay, you corny bastards. I was like, you know, you know, 
the slip at the slip of the charm in the hand after you know the hands part ways you know all that kind of stuff i was like okay whatever but then the theme song started playing oh yeah and for some fucking reason <laughs> as soon as the theme star started playing i wasn't even that emotional about sora leaving to be totally honest with you was not that emotional about it was not that upset you know and yeah. just i don't know why just just thought about like riku's sacrifice all that kind of stuff like it kind of put a nice little bow on it and then the theme music and then just tears yeah. <laughs> just oh, yeah. tears uh, you know, I, I believe I've said this to you before, and I've, I've probably told other people as well. But um, realistically, as like a little kid, because if you go back to that first episode, and I was just telling you about how I was just sitting there, just listening to the menu theme song for a really long time, um, I I think I can really confidently say that I don't believe that I would be as into Kingdom Hearts as I am. I don't know. I don't know how many of the Kingdom Hearts games I would have actually finished, or even if I would have finished the first Kingdom Hearts game, if it weren't for how fucking awesome the music is. And oh no, I know, agree. The Yutada Hikaru songs as well, the songs that she does um, for the series, just like all the vocal tracks and all that. Oh my god, dude! Like every single one of them is an absolute heater. Um, no, I and, agree, and yeah, that's that's that plays such a big role into immersion of games um you know kind of on a, another side tangent here it's just you know there are people out there that realize that every aspect of a video game that is made from the design of the characters to the design of the world um to the sound effects that happen inside of that world when you were just walking around you know walking on grass and gravel you know that change in the mm-hmm. textures and you know hearing the crunchiness but like the music is so important and i'm gonna make a weird poll um and i know we talked about this a little bit um just on a totally different thing but the composer um and the music for godzilla played such a big role like he got a lot of awards for the music that he did and just the emotions that you could pull from that kind of stuff like from when godzilla rises up from the water and it plays that you know the very iconic theme that we all know you know what i mean hear the sure. boom and the steps but then when he dies in godzilla versus destroy it it's this very soft like angelic symphony being like wow he was a monster destroying this place but i feel completely awful that this is happening and it's just, just wait real fast of... just for some quick context uh dash yeah. is a big godzilla fan <laughs> Me and, uh, this is this is more godzilla so nerd. this is just a uh, a conversation with, between dash and i right now because like me and him have talked about this dash is a big time godzilla fan so in case y'all are wondering like why the fuck is he bringing up godzilla and king of kingdom hearts uh but it's I just, hear, it's I hear just, exactly what you're I, I'm just trying to like compare the music to something that I know yeah, no, very, yeah. very well. Right, right. Um, and that's how exactly how it made me feel. It's like I didn't really feel anything for the character themselves. I was sure. just, you know, I felt like, you know, yeah, nothing happened necessarily to Sora. I mean, he kind of grew up. That's kind of <laughs> what happened. You know, yeah, he became yeah. a man. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, should have been pounding some other fruit. Um, but he, you know, 
with the song just in the background and me kind of singing along to it because I know the words, even though I've yeah. never played this series before. Yeah. It, it struck a chord that I was just like, you have gained a fan for yeah. that alone, and now I am itching to play other games because I want to hear more. I yeah. want to see more now. I want to see what you can bring to the table. You're How just are you like, going to oh, make it better? You're just like, oh, wait, wait. I do care about these characters? Wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, yeah. Wait, what? The song alone Except just Donald. made me care about these Except characters? Except Donald. <laughs> Except for Donald, yeah. Yeah, they, when they flash by Donald and, like, the, like, like, the cut scene, like, not the cut scene, but, like, the flash, like, the credit scene yeah, or whatever, yeah. like, whatever it was, my tears immediately dried up and I was like, fuck this guy. They, they got sucked back into your eyes, like, in uh, Cloudy yeah. with the Chance of Meatballs. And then cartoonishly cried when Goofy was on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever simple and clean makes you feel feelings for Goofy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, anyways, I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that, man. Um, basically, <laughs> the uh, the first set of credits they start they start playing, and as they are just kind of going along, it's basically just sh- screenshots of this whole adventure. Um, and I yeah. think that probably plays a part too, just because once that scene ends, she draws herself giving Sora the Paupu fruit. The song is still playing, but now, like you're saying, you're you're thinking about Riku's sacrifice and stuff. And even the credits right here, they're showing you footage of like this was this was the journey that you just went on. Um, like maybe it felt like it was a long time. Maybe it felt like it went by like just in a couple of hours or whatever. Um, but it was a really lengthy journey, you know, for Sora yeah. and all these other characters and stuff. And, and we're getting this song playing in the background and you're like, man, what a what a good little tale, you know? What a good little tale that was. Which is why I say too, I'm like, there's definitely so much that you could build off of this game, like to put in a sequel. But at the same time, if there was never another Kingdom Hearts game after this, I, I still think that this game would continually you know just be like one of my favorite games of all time it, i mean it's a very popular series we know that obviously because yeah. they keep making games and their sales do well, all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah they don't stop but, making them yeah but if it did end it would have been like you know a cult classic kind of you know what i mean like yeah it you know like been... the shadow of the colossus you know the yeah exactly the, those standalone titles that people always remember from the playstation 2 era you know yeah, exactly. It would have been one of those that everybody talks about, like, and ranks to. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure people still do that now. Like, they still rank other games, like, you know, games that come out now. Like, is it as good or, it? you know, is it reaching where I felt when I played this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that speaks volumes, dude. I love it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. After we get that first set of credits roll out. Uh, the next set of credits that they play, but this time they're they're showing scenes uh, of what is sort of happening on the other worlds uh, now that everything is back to normal. Uh, one scene, for instance, it shows Cloud arriving in the library of Hollow Bastion with all of the other, you know, Final Fantasy gang, and he has this brief little reunion with Aerith. None of them, ha- you know, none of these little videos have words or anything. You're just kind of seeing little interactions between people. Um, and then another one shows Titus and Waka and Selfie racing on the shore of Destiny Island. And then the last one shows all of the princesses of heart doing all of their respective uh, bows. And um, 
yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for just the credits alone. But we do have a little post-credit scene, and this was this was uh, right before we started recording. I just finished up sort of typing out uh, my notes for this little area. Um, but yeah, Sora, Donald, and Goofy, they are walking down this dirt road surrounded by, you know, green grassy fields. And just as a note too, Donald and Goofy's outfits, their outfits have have changed. They're now kind of more in their like classic style of uh, of outfit. In case you want to like go back and take a look at their outfits. Um, but anyways, Sora oh, says, that. "Yeah, Sora says that their next goal now is to go find Riku and the King." And like Goofy's just like, oh, how how are we going to find the the key to the light? And then, <laughs> you know, they're all they're like, oh shit, you're right. And then, um, just then, Pluto, you know, last time we fucking saw Pluto was like in Traverse Town, where he fucking he like curb he like curb stomps fucking Sora at the beginning of the game, and now like we're seeing him again. Should. Yeah, and then also, I agree with you. I still don't... I don't think that there's really much of an explanation for this at all, but I, I have no idea how he's there. Um, but he is, and he's got a letter, uh, and it's got the king's seal on it. And as they chase after Pluto, the same text that we heard in the beginning of the game and the same text that we you know, heard right before we went to go fight our final battle with Ansem, text pops up and it says, Remember, Sora... You are the one who will open the door to the light. The end. Game game over. Gavin, Gavin, yes. I just I just had a big revelation. What? It's a huge revelation. Pluto is Hoyd. Pluto Wait, is, what? is Hoyd. Pluto Pl- is Hoyd. Uh, Pluto is Hoyd? Yeah. That, okay. He does the same exact <laughs> thing Hoyd does. He just wherever the king is, he just like snaps and then he could just go there <laughs> i mean you could argue that sora is also hoid no hoid's kind of okay. cool <laughs> <laughs> okay then fine R- riku can be hoid nah R- R- hoid's still cooler than riku oh shit oh yeah, shit if i had to compare another character to hoid i'd probably say goofy Okay, so we're talking about Stormlight Archive and and fucking Cosmere stuff for. <laughs> I keep bringing up things that are not Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, I'm just like, wow, the game's over, and then you're like, anyways, the Cosmere. <laughs> so, so aliens, <laughs> aliens. So yeah. game over, guys. Get the, we we've done it. We've improper talked about. From the start of Kingdom Hearts to when the credits roll Woo! of Kingdom Hearts one. Now, I was I was debating on doing this for a little bit, but uh, just real fast, Dash, I'm gonna send you this on Discord right now. And for the love of God, Dash, do not do not read any of the fucking comments to this video. So go down to the comments. No, don't go down to the comments. Do not. <laughs> I'm, ch- I'm choking. Okay. okay. I want to. I want to hear your live reaction as you're watching this. I won't and, be able to. We'll hear talk it about it when it's we're over. Doing a different setup this time, so. Okay. Do I need to hear it, or can I just watch it? Yes. And I'll get what it, yes. Okay. I I am at the very beginning. Three, two, one. Begin. Okay. Another side. Another story. 
I still hear utter silence. <laughs> no one's going to get that joke because it's not going to be in the podcast. saw this already. And Sephiroth's back. <laughs> there he is. It's Sephiroth. The man, the myth. No, that's Cloud. Uh, probably. You think it's Seth? I mean, no, but he's blonde. Look at his weapons. I'm trying. It moved too fast. <laughs> You'll see him again, I think. Okay. Look kind of crazy. This is amazing. Can you, can you tell what the weapons are? They're keyblades. But but you you recognize them, right? Ah, uh, I can't. Uh, I'm not, I can't get a good shot. It's Oathkeeper and Oblivion. Okay, well, the guy with the fucking... Okay, the guy with the goddamn fucking... Uh, what do you call it? The face, Bandana. the height? Yeah, sure. Uh, he is for fucking sure that's Riku. Why do you think that? Because of the hair. Okay. The hair alone. He throws him a key. Okay, so it's it's fucking. Or he didn't throw him a keyblade, but he had a keyblade. You don't have to worry about reading all this stuff. It's going by so fast. Okay, so it's just everybody older, except for Sora for some reason. Sora's not blonde. Fucking dark Mickey. <laughs> God damn it. And why did he look like he had buck teeth, like he was missing teeth? Oh. Ah, yes. Let's have talking, but no dialogue. That, <laughs> the, di the dialogue comes after. <laughs> he looks just like. So is it Sora? What the fuck? Why does Sora always just float everywhere? Like, fucking tie yeah, yourself he, down at this he, point. He do be flying. Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Okay. Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Birth of my sleep. Oh, no, don't, wa later. don't watch. Don't watch. Don't watch other stuff. Later. Don't look at other stuff. No, don't watch We're, it. Why That's is for there, way why later. Why is my recommended there's a woman dating a furry? Stop. Stop it. That's your recommendation. Those are your YouTube recommendations. Don't watch them. You're spoiling yourself. Um, just upon a first watch of that. Yeah. How are you, how are you feeling about that? Do you think Confused. you have an idea of Confused. where the story might be going from that? Well, I mean, from what I have seen before, because I'm not completely out of the loop. Sure. Um, Sora doesn't necessarily get older. So I'm assuming that's either like another timeline potentially, because obviously it's the they're wearing the black cloak just like Ansem was, um, and so was Ansem Mickey. was not wearing a black cloak. He, Ansem was wearing like a like a brown sort of like sack cloak. They're, the the clothes that they're wearing are distinctly different from what 
uh, Ansem was wearing in Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, fair. Like, in the very beginning. But, but like, I'm, like, just, like, it has to be, like, a secret, like, a society. You know what I mean? That's built, like, Ansem was, like, the prophet kind of thing. You know what I mean? The guy that starts it, and then ever then there's people that fall in line afterwards, if that makes okay. sense. Yes. Um. So it's, like, a, like a, a commune of people that believe in what Ansem was saying, and he's the fact that it said it looks though it looks just like you stands out yeah, so much to look, me he, he looks just like you yeah but i think that's also potentially a red herring like i feel like they just mm-hmm. cut it in a way where it says he looks like you and then they show sora flying through the air so that's the connection you want to make but mm-hmm. i'm thinking that the connection that the person that was sitting on the rock was actually riku Um, and the person that was walking up to him was the blind person and saying he looks just like you, which makes me think it's like Riku in the dark place with Mickey and they're kind of, they're kind of looking at that or something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So you're thinking, you're thinking it's some, um, some parallel sort of universe, some sort of like alternate cult. Okay. There's a cult of people that worship the dark, the dark side of stuff. Okay, interesting. So, so who who are you thinking is the guy with uh, the two keyblades? I mean, I want I want to say that it's Sora, but I know it's not because um, because you're claiming Sora doesn't have blonde hair. See, now you say that, and it makes me think I'm. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm trying to understand your reasoning for why you think that that's not Sora. Well, I mean, I could only see his hair. I'm not. I'm not confirming I mean, it. I'm not denying it. I'm just wanting to know. I, I want to know your thought process into why you think this person is not Sora, possibly. Uh, well, to be totally honest, too, the Keyblade is not necessarily a loyal bitch. It likes to spread its legs, so, mm. um it's been used by other people before and um it didn't show him calling upon it like he was the chosen one it's just kind of like he had it um Uh and i'm gonna go with you know i'm going off the facts that at least from what i know sora's brown hair that person had blonde hair what I'm potentially okay. thinking, I'm going to throw this out of left fucking field. This is going to be so far left that I'm practically in the stands when I threw this ball. Okay. Uh, is it? Could it be Kyrie? That'd be interesting. Mm. But you also said okay. she was useless. So the fact that that person did not look useless at all really changes mm. that thought process for me. But yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't think. I can't think of another character that it could potentially be besides Cloud, but I okay. don't know why Cloud would have a Keyblade when he has traditionally has the Buster Sword. Um, mm-hmm. And plus, Cloud doesn't fight like that either. Cloud is a brute and will just swing at shit. He doesn't really have too much crazy finesse. Gotcha. Okay. Before we continue with that, I do have one more thing to send you. Um, so, what you just now watched was the secret movie that was i believe exclusive to kingdom hearts final mix Um, okay so what i'm sending you now is the secret movie for kingdom hearts one like the one that we just got so it's a tad different it shows a few more scenes okay uh, and it shows not as many scenes so just let me know whenever you're gonna press play on it okay like I'm another thought process, another thought process. 
There's only been one other person that I know of right now that has been able to touch a Keyblade. Not touch, you know, because obviously, uh, who was it that picked it up when Sora first got to, got to Traverse Town? But wield one and use it efficiently? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking the way that the, that what we saw was cut up is very misleading because I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the person with the two Keyblades is actually Riku. Mm -hmm. When we saw him with the hair down and and the face and the bands or whatever on his face or whatever that is. Fucking okay. pulling a what's that guy from Mortal Kombat? I can't remember his name. That wears like the the blindfold. That's what I've been looking for. Face shield. Um, that's that. I'm gonna switch that and say that Riku's the one on with the two Keyblades. I don't think that the guy that was blonde was actually the one down there. I could be wrong though, and just psyching myself out at this point now. So, so you no longer think the blindfolded uh, person no, I is think Riku? That it's it's hard. Okay, so this is the one we got. Okay. Yes. I almost kind of prefer this one a little bit because it's a little bit more ominous. Okay, so no, I, I think I might have been wrong. Well, I mean, shit. Riku could have got his hair changed, for all I know. Oh, well, that looked like Riku up there, though. Or maybe that's Sephiroth. I don't know. (laughs) Alright. Oathkeeper and Oblivion. Yeah. I can tell you're just, like, trying to decipher this. I really am. Oh, now she's bangable. Dash, dash on. Well, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of confused because yeah. did we see, did we see one shot where I just want to double check myself real quick? So this is what I'm talking about about it being misleading as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. We want to assume that when the first heartless pops up and this person with the hair, um, I'm saying that that's Riku. I'm definitely saying that that's Riku because... With the blindfold? With the blindfold, but... Well, yeah, but I'm saying he's the one with the two Keyblades because we don't see... When they do that weird pan down where he's on top of the building and he, like, Mm -hmm. raises his hands and then it looks like he put the heart around the guy on the floor. You know what I mean? But we don't see... We don't see that shot at the same time. We don't see Riku on top of the building and the person down there. I'm so saying you think the that, scene is misleading? Yes, absolutely. I think it's two totally different things, and I'm. You think I'm it, they're both go. the same person? Yes, that's what I'm okay. going to go with because his hair okay. is also blocking his eyes, so he can't tell if he's wearing an eye patch or a blindfold. Okay, he's a pirate now. Yeah, he's a pirate. Yeah, our. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's misleading because he's also asking where Sora, and so far, there's only two other people, well, three other people that give a fuck about Sora, and that's Kyrie, Goofy, and Donald, honestly. Like, okay. So, I'm going to. So, you go think it's with, Goofy? Yes, I think that okay. the person with the two Keyblades is Goofy. 
What I'm Perfect. thinking is that it's misleading to the point where I think, because I'm looking at the video now, going frame by frame. That yeah, hair, you're dissecting that shit. The the hair there when he like sn- like slides the two keyblades together. Yeah. Um, that's not blonde. I'm perceiving that as blonde, and I'm thinking that's actually the gray hair that we see in the very next scene, just out in the open, not covered by a hood. Mm-hmm. What um, fucking thing? One little thing that I can I can say because there were some there were some theories happening online. Um, okay. You know, just whenever this secret movie came out, more theories started to come out once people had context for the next game, Chain of Memories, right? Um, yeah. But at the time that this came out, people, even even at the end of Chain of Memories, people still did not quite understand what was happening in that secret movie for Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, so online, people just referred to the character with the two keyblades as BHK, which stands for blonde haired kid. Um, so oftentimes, like if you're ever going online, looking at the archives of like Kingdom Hearts forums and stuff like that, people who don't, un- who don't know the identity of that character, just address them as BHK. So okay, I just think it's funny so that it you is... keep on like, I just think it's funny that you keep on saying like, uh, the blonde haired kid, like the the guy with the blonde hair, you know, I'm just like, ah, BHK, that takes me back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, it just wouldn't make, it just wouldn't make any kind of sense for Cloud to be wield, like I said, there's no sense for Cloud to wield one. I'm assuming, and plus, <laughs> very edgy, <laughs> very dark, and <clears throat> oh my god. Bless you, Jesus. Yeah, very dark, very edgy. It just seems like it's something Riku would do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just psyching myself out, but I'm thinking that both of these trailers were very misleading. And I mean, I've watched more than enough movie trailers to know that they put different scenes in different spots to make it look different. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that's what they're doing here. (laughs) I think those two scenes are completely separate from opening the heart and everything. And him standing on top of the building are like two totally different things. Okay. Okay. Or so, maybe it's a seat. Maybe it's a, maybe it's uh, out of order. Maybe you know he clings to swords. The heart starts. He beats are the heartless that we the saw swords. in the original. Yeah, they're yeah. swords. They are still <laughs> swords to some degree. Sure, um, sure. Then they, you know, then after he beats all of them, he's on top of the building and he's kind of standing there, just kind of like in that pose I what do you think know, about man. those uh those shadows coming out of the ground like they look definitely way more crazy i mean like those, I'm, gonna those go with, I'm gonna go with that this was actually animated and rendered in a computer and not a box of crayons yeah um and that's why they look like that i feel like they're they're kind of the, so i feel you like think this is what they were the same? supposed to look like yeah you think it's the like same is... kind of enemy okay yeah, I feel like this is what they were like. This is what they were going for, but you know they were kind of limited on, you know, you know how they maybe... could just put them on the screen. I, I hear yeah, because I mean the original enemies had two little squiggly things. I mean these aren't squiggly, but there's two there's two like hair ear things. Sure, they got the yellow eyes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, 
I'm glad. I'm glad we watched that. I'm glad. I'm glad that we got to to get your just your reaction to that. Um, it, it, during the second one where we're not talking as much, I'll I'll cut that up and stuff. But um, I'm glad that we got your reaction, especially for just like the first one, the the final mix secret ending. Um, what I've just decided because we're running up on two hours now, and I know these have in the past been just about this long. Uh, this one can go longer, but it is 11:30 at night right now and i know we we both got to be up early tomorrow uh to do I'm some so tired. work stuff yeah yeah it's getting pretty late so dash whenever you're ready man you are free to start kingdom hearts rechain of memories uh i am okay. i'm i'm so happy that you have fucking you're done with kingdom hearts one and <laughs> actually continue this dark road to kingdom hearts four um as far as ansem's report 2 4 6 8 10 11 12 13 as far we'll as all of those go no we're going to record those at a later time and those will be on our patreon Ooh. that will be da- dash is going to he's going i'm going to i'm going to read those out loud we're going to have a conversation now that he has watched the secret ending especially those final mix reports 11 12 and 13 those are uh those might help you sort of um, start to maybe decipher a little bit of what's going on there in that secret movie. But I'm not going to say anything more than that. Uh, Dash and I will will read those and uh, we'll do those at a later date and those will be on our Patreon. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for uh, <laughs> for joining on this, uh, on this journey. journey. I believe this is what... I guess the seventh episode in total that we've done for the Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts Four, but in six episodes we got through just Kingdom Hearts One. So, in the next episode, in the next episode we are we're gonna start Kingdom Hearts Read Chain of Memories. I'm so fucking excited. I am too, and thanks for everybody putting up with you know some of our delays and. Oh, for real. Stuff like that and just coming back and always enjoying the podcast and Yeah. You know, I'm this is something new to me, so I you know <laughs> it's it's a bit rough. We're getting better as time goes on, but hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, you guys enjoyed it and I'm excited for the next for the next leg. Yeah, the next season of the Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts Four. There might be something that happens in between that. Uh, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna do these the Ansem's report episode, and uh, and we'll we'll put that up on the Patreon as well as other stuff on the Patreon. Uh, like I said, I've just been trying to think of other things that I can put on there to make it seem like it might be worth your investment. But of course, I mean, if that's if it's just not something that you can swing, there is absolutely no pressure uh on on you know on this end at all for you to uh join the patreon it's just if you if you feel the desire to monetarily you know support the the show um but also other than this upcoming episode there will also be uh all of my notes every note piece every piece of note that i take for these episodes i type them up in a little uh notepad document and I, uh, I upload those to the Patreon. So if you're interested to see exactly what my note-taking process looks like, um, yeah, it's lengthy. It's tedious. So <laughs> go, go look for yourself and, and 
tell me how I can clean it up or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, other than that, you can follow me uh, on, on Twitter at OverLevelcast. You can also send us an email. Uh, the email is OverLevelPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find Dash on Twitter as well. Dash, you want to let them know where they can find you? Uh, tw- Twitter, I'm trying with Twitter. It's... <laughs> Instagram, I don't know, whatever Gavin has. I'm trying to be better on social media. <laughs> you can find Dash on Discord. If you really want to get in touch with Dash and you want to talk to us, join the Discord. That's where you're really going to find us. And if you really want to get to know me, you can get my Venmo and we can really get to know each other. Oh, of course, I, of course. I do. I do things for very little money. Oh, uh, yeah. So, guys, again, thank you so much for joining us in this uh, first season of The Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts 4. I am excited to see where this continues to go. I'm excited to uh, just continue to get Dash's reactions uh, as we continue to go through this series. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun time. So I will see you all later. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to Season 1 of The Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts 4. I know Dash and I both had a fantastic time doing this, and we can't wait to continue in the series. I want to take this short amount of time to thank specifically our Patreons, Zachary McLeod and Matt McSwiggin. Thank you guys for your patronage. Uh, Thank you for patronizing me. Uh, It is a fantastic way to give to this show. And for everyone else out there who can't necessarily provide monetarily or who isn't subscribed to the channel or anything like that, I want to just take another moment to encourage you uh, to leave us a five-star review, whether that's on Apple Podcast or now you can actually do it on Spotify on the Overleveled Games page. Five-star ratings always are a good sign to other listeners that our podcast is something worth listening to. And I think even if I didn't have anybody listening to this show, this is something that I would still put in a lot of effort into just making because it's what I love to do. So again, thank you to everyone who made it this far into this episode. We will see you guys in Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memories. Bye-bye.